What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Mark, I love seeing how many different people we can get on this podcast. It's amazing, Isn't right? that so exciting? I am here for you, and I am sitting on the different side of the podcast booth. Not that that matters to anybody just listening and watching. It's very special. I, I love inviting new people because we get fresh perspectives. That's really the purpose and the heart of what this podcast and these episodes are all about. And he right? claims to have never been on. But okay. Pastor of Local Outreach, Scott Sandmeyer. Scott, thank you for being here, dude. It's my pleasure. Never been on, and evidently I'm sitting in Mark's seat. There you go. That's okay. So, you can take it. It's a big seat you to can fill. see that I've never watched the podcast. I've only listened to the podcast. I only okay. listen also. It's okay. So I, you're, I for, watch. you're forgiven. I'm a watcher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Interesting well, how that works okay. out. Uh, I walked over here with him, and I was like, you drew the short straw. He's like, I guess so, man. No. So listen, this is <laughs> this is Mark Carey saying that you couldn't be here for many many good reasons. Um, and we have to brainstorm amongst ourselves, okay, mm-hmm. what is the best... Who do we get? The best person to fit this hole. You know, not the hole in our soul, but this hole in the podcast. <laughs> you said it so much. Yes, well, so many times. Well, the yeah. way the way I uh, feel... I'm setting you up, Scott. Already. I'm setting up. I mean, no, so here's, here's the first thought of Scott wanting to engage you because you are pastor of local outreach. And we are turning a corner here in the overflow focus. When you, you listen to the Fellowship Family episodes, we've been discussing overflow and how it impacts the home, how we can be impactful in our local church, lately how we've been impactful in the global church, Mm -hmm. and now this month is really all about our local community, people who don't know the Lord. How can we overflow God's love into those around us who need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? That is your passion. That is what you're here for. And I know that, so part of the very first question is I know that you and Mark Carey over the last several weeks have been having collaborations of what these next four sermons can look like. Mm-hmm. And, and so what did that story, what did that background look like for him mm-hmm. coming to you saying, hey, hey, Scott, I've got this idea. I think we should be talking about evangelism. And it falls right in line with overflow. Sure. So what did those behind the scenes conversations look like leading to this sermon, but then the ones coming up? Yeah, so uh, a lot of it kind of stems from the thought of it's a nat- it should it is a natural next step of overflow that that the love of Christ should overflow out of this building, out of this mm. body of believers into our community in a way that is tangible. And not just tangible in a in a oh, there's that church they do follow the star kind of thing, mm. but tangible in oh, that's my next door neighbor. And mm-hmm. and I know that guy has something different about him, and I'm wondering what it is. Yeah. The way he interacts with the other neighbors, uh, the way he cares for his wife and his kids, the way he, you know, does things, it's different. Why? You know, what, mm-hmm. what causes that difference? So when Mark Carey and I got together, you know, we were talking about, so what, what are some tools people need? Hmm. Uh, or could use what's some encouragement that they can because a lot of folks hear the word evangelism and they immediately go oh mm, i don't do that i'm not an evangelist i right. can't mm-hmm. handle that kind of thing mm-hmm. so what, what kind of encouragement do they need you know they they need some stories that say oh, i can do that mm-hmm. i can do that this is not rocket science and it's not that's the thing we want to demystify reaching out 
to the people that we live with, work with, play with, and make it just part of the common, regular thing yeah. that we do as Christ followers. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I know that the sermon itself, um, I'll speak for myself, but also we talk about my community group um, a lot. We, we, we meet last night, each Monday night, and we talk about the sermon. They they came across just a little bummed out, you know. Just that it was with Mark. It was a little dark, you know. I mean, <laughs> it was a little depressing, yeah. you know. And and so perpetual winter. The, that was even the theme. It's on, on, when you get the Christmas. sermon notes, I liked it. I liked the sermon it. notes said, yeah. you know, the win, you know, life in this winter of death, you know. And so, <laughs> and so, so you know, help answer that question. Put on your Mark Carey hat, Scott. I know you've had these conversations. I think I have a good answer for this, but I want to hear from you of. Why that sermon? Why do we start this kind of evangelistic outreach content yeah. for these next four weeks? Why do we start with Genesis two and three? Yeah, where it is, it is dark. It's we dark. do live in a world of sin. Why is that so important from an evangelistic outreach? Yeah, standpoint. I think for um, right off the top, um, most people who have been Christ followers for any length of time they start to forget their past lives. They mm. start to forget the people that are still living in that mm. forever winter. Mm. They start to have only Christian friends. Mm. Uh, and before long, they are um, they're totally uh, looking inwardly uh, to the people that they go to church with and the people they have a community group with, the people that they serve with at the youth group and the, you know, the, so all the people they start to know have hope. So it's easy to forget. Mm. So we need to remind folks that we live in a fallen world. Not that it doesn't take a whole lot to look at the news and go, right. Whoa. We live in a fallen world. I think that's maybe where my community group was. Like we hear it all the time. We, <laughs> yeah. we see. I mean, we know yeah. things yeah. are falling. We know, but but to think of it from the perspective of that person needs hope. Yeah, that person needs the gospel. That, that person individual needs Christ. Yes, is still living in that winter, that perpetual winter, and never Christmas mm. um, kind of world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Turkish delight is just not as good as it looks. Never is kind of thing. Never is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was it was cool to hear him talk through a lot of that stuff because for me, when I was listening on just Sunday, like it, it's so easy for me to to arrive at a Christian conclusion as a believer growing in in my faith. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty bad, and God's luckily pretty good, but it's. I'm bad. I mean, it, there is a totality to to what we have received rescue from at the moment of salvation and what we still need rescue from as far as sin and its mm -hmm. consequence. Mm -hmm. And so when we do what you're saying where we forget, it actually came up in our pastoral meeting, uh, Scott McManigal said it, we can, we can fall victim to not giving the depravity of man enough credit of as far as severity, mm -hmm. and we can also not give God enough credit as far mm -hmm. as his severity mm -hmm. and how strong... Both of these things are, but ultimately God is, and so it disrupts and it, it breaks that lukewarm tradition that we can kind of so easily slip into. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really cool to to even you bring up the, the follow the star thing and how that's you know in the paper once a year, and people get to a point where they start to huh, wonder what else is going on in the life of that local church, and people drive through it, and within a few years they're serving at it, and all these cool different stories about that pipeline of serving. And we need that reminder. And so I'll challenge anybody watching or listening, uh, just from my own perspective, I can get easily caught up in, oh, I've 
been there, done that. I've heard that. Mm. And we've said that many times on this podcast and <clears throat> past episodes. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a simplistic message. Yes. Adam and Eve sin. The fall of man happened. We live in a world of sin. I mean, so the sermon could be summed up in that. Mm -hmm. And so move past it, beyond that. But to, to think through critically, okay, why do I need to hear that on a more regular basis? Why do I need to be, what do I need to be reminded of that? And then how can I then take what I know and, and become more bold mm -hmm. and more intentional with my conversations, with my relationships that I have with people that don't know the Lord mm -hmm. and to feel that urgency? And I know that we're going to get down that path in the next couple of weeks with more sermons, but mm -hmm. to feel that urgency that, yes, these people are lost. There is it's black and white. Mm -hmm. There is heaven and hell. And, and so if they don't feel that, that need and they don't see the sense of their own lostness, how can we bring that hope to them? And we might need to point out the need to them. Mm -hmm. We might need to have a good grasp on this Genesis 2 and 3 story. And that's what our community group did. We, we dove deeper in unpacking that passage of, you know, what God's prom first promise was, how Adam and Eve broke it, how Satan came along. We unpacked that last night, which is really cool to be able to say, okay, what did, how did Satan tempt Adam and Eve in that situation, how they fell, and then what the second promise was. And just that reminder as a community group setting, talking that through, reminding ourselves of, man, yeah, how, what can we learn about God's character through this sin nature that we have, through the fall? And, and that's where I think the good news comes out. Yeah. 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 And speaking of God's character, I, when I, every time I read through that story and I, I picture in my mind, you know, God ushering Adam and Eve out of the garden yeah. and appointing a, angel to, with a flaming sword to keep them from turning around to try to get back in mm -hmm. to, you know, the place where they first met God, the place where they felt whole, that shalom thing. And I see that it's just a portrait of his grace. Yeah. You know, so, you know, they couldn't get back in and eat of the tree of life and live in that sin forever. So I thought, what an amazing thing. There's the grace right there. And you know, so we did go around the, the room and say, okay, where do what is the character or attribute of God that we see in this story, in this sermon of just the winter of death world that we live in? And it's God's patience, his kindness, his mercy, his grace, his love, all of that exudes out of this message that may seem darker or may seem like winter that spring is here. And that's something else that somebody brought out. We do live in a post-cross era, mm -hmm. you know, so it's not complete winter. It's not complete mm -hmm. death. We have the life. We have the hope. We have the cross that we can hang on to and look forward to his second return where the head of Satan truly will be crushed one day, you know, because that hasn't fully happened yet. And so how we can live out that hope in a lost world around us Somebody mentioned, you know, bringing up Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> Lion, Witch, or Wardrobe, and, you know, there's grass popping through the snow, you know, and Aslan is going to come back. And so there's this picture, this image of, yeah, we might be in winter, but spring is around the corner. And, and how can we constantly point people to that spring and the hope? And that's exciting. It is. And it's that perspective that just helps dictate and define how, how we let our struggles get to us. And are we going to 
define our environment based on what we know about God or even worse, the other way around. And even in youth this last week, I did just a brief study of Psalm 23 and the, the encouragement that comes from the phrase, you're walking through the valley of the shadow of yeah. death. Not the valley of death, mm. but it's the valley of the shadow. Mm. What is required for a shadow to exist? And you, you start to watch these students connect the dots mm. and the awareness of the light can help us process mm. the shadow and what's, you know, what's bigger than this. And that is so cool t- to see, you know, these the, the students get it and then I need the same daggone thing, you know, each and every week. And this reminder of God is on his throne. I don't know what's going on, but God's on his throne. And, and if anything, the last two years have told us that, how important that yep. is. Yep. And you know, the, and the sermon itself does, we need that reminder, but mm-hmm. you look at the entire worship service and that's where my worship leader hat comes into play. You know, mm-hmm. look at the songs that we sing, mm-hmm. look at the scripture passages that were read, look at the hope that was there of the future coming up. And, and even the Hebrews 10 passage that um, we know and we read all the time, but looking at the, the context of how it points us to the future, um, chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so there's that continual hope that, yeah, we might be in a world of sin. We might be in a lost world where there's suffering and there's mm-hmm. anguish and there's sin, but we can encourage each other and we need that weekly, daily, moment by moment reminder of our need, which then points us to the gospel and the good news. And people around us need that. It was cool to have the announcement of the pray for one person for one minute at, at one o'clock yeah. after a sermon like that, because yeah. it alleviates the the lie that, well, I don't really know what they need. I don't really know how to pray for them. It's like, <laughs> well, now I'm hyper aware, you know, of even generally of, of what people need. And, and, that's, so it, and that's where you're talking about tools. You and Mark here kind of brainstorming, you know, yeah, we, we have this ethereal idea of, True. yeah, we do need to preach the gospel to others around us, but how do we do it? You know, so what are those tools that we can start thinking about and expecting? Yeah, I mean, prayer is is not just a beginning point, but it's it's really the, I think, it is a, it's a hinge point. It, it mm-hmm. keeps us aware of people's need at the same time as it's lifting them up. So the one, one, one card, you know, and I've joked about that for years, you know, if you're really spiritual, you pray for two people at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be an hour behind. But you'll be an hour behind. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, prayer walking is also one mm. of those things. And, mm-hmm. and you can find that on the website. Um, really just, it allows you a different perspective. You're you're not just walking through your neighborhood. Now you're walking through your neighborhood, praying for those people's house, you know, as you're walking by their house, how much you can glean from that. Mm-hmm. You know, you see toys in this yard, or you see mm-hmm. this yard that is just overgrown and, and you, you, trash. And you're just like, what, you wonder what's going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, wonder how I can be lifting those people up or, you know, so you can hear, you can, you can listen to, to how the Lord leads you. But so things like, you know, praying for folks, I think that's not, it helps us. It helps them. Mm. It keeps us aware. Uh, it's the very first, it's the least we can do. Literally, mm. it's the least mm-hmm. we can do. Uh, and it doesn't take that much, that much effort really. Um, so things like that, that, that's one of those, uh, you know, that's one of those things. I know for, for me, when we started uh, the mentoring or no, even before mentoring, back in the Quarles district mm-hmm. every Wednesday, I would walk through the Quarles school district and pray for every household. Mm. And 
uh, I invited people to come and join me. Folks from my team uh, during Missions Week, I remember having missionaries mm-hmm. join us, and we we walked through that area and, and prayed for those people. Um, and through it, I actually got to talk to people along the road. They would actually mm-hmm. recognize that this guy has walked by my house a number of times, and you know could say hi to them and interact with them. Mm-hmm. And I found it to just be so encouraging, just mm-hmm. for me, you know. Mm-hmm whether it was encouraging for them or not, or if any of them, if their lives were changed or not, I don't know. Mm. But it was encouraging for me to be able to at least lift them in prayer. And you know that prayers are not going to, you know, be unheard and be void. Yeah. And then next level is just building relationships, you know, so of getting to know the people and the neighbors that you live nearby and, and to be available to where those conversations do occur that you can interject spirit-led thoughts and ideas that would point them to their need or point them sure. to the hope that we have or point them to the cross. Whichever, you know, whatever in yeah. that moment, let the spirit lead and guide you. But it takes relationships. Mm-hmm. So it takes getting out of your house. It takes getting out of your shell, which I don't personally like to do. It's challenging for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. tough. I'd rather stay inside and, and not go out there and talk to the neighbors in the yard. But, you know, they're there. Yeah. I, and yeah. so... Sometimes I need that kick in the pants. And so sometimes you need a sermon like this that challenges us to be a little more bold, be a little more intentional, and, yeah. and, and build those relationships for the purpose of kingdom building, mm-hmm. not just for the purpose of knowing somebody that can get me some sugar next, you know, next, <laughs> next door if I need it. But, yeah. you know, but to, yeah. with the purpose of, okay, where are they spiritually? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I have something that they need, and I can't just sit here and hide it. And so I'm preaching to myself because I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to yeah. be able to. The three words that I throw out there most often for is prayer, care, and share. Mm. So you know, as you're praying for folks, you're praying for opportunities to care for them, mm. and that happens all the time. Mm. Whether that neighbor is, you know, has a death in the family, or maybe a birth, you know, those life moments where you can step in and bring a meal, or you know, there's opportunities to care for them along the way. Uh, those are ways we can get a little closer into their lives in those natural moments, which lends to opportunities to share the gospel. So it's really good. Scott, we have you on the podcast in the month of November. So let's talk follow the star. Wow. You know I mean, give yeah. us, can you give us a scoop? Give us something nobody even knows. Behind about. the scenes. Is, is, is there something? Ooh, Come on. You know what I mean? Scenes. We're doing cookies this year, which is a big deal. Yeah. We're also bringing back part of the marketplace feel. Okay. So that was one of the things that we did where we had the whole marketplace waiting area. So we're going to bring part of that back. Nice. Um, So that's that's one of those things. It's kind of, and we are upgrading most of our scenes. Awesome. So, and I I know the person who helps with parking. I know there's a little reconfiguration to make it a little bit easier to maneuver through there and get more cars in and make the line go smoother and serpentine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it takes a village to, to pull this off. So <laughs> it does that. There still are needs out there, right? I mean, there's, there's still always volunteer needs. There's spots. always needs. Our biggest spots are in that kind of that traffic flow, folks, and in the, the area of the welcome team, people who are interacting mm-hmm. uh, with folks as they're coming in. Because uh, the stories of folks coming in and, you know, we ask people, you know, if you scan this QR code, your phone's going to pop up the player and you're going to be mm-hmm. able to listen to it. You'd think that's easy. In the world that we live in, mm-hmm. but 
not really. Mm. So those welcome team folks, um, you know, if they're a little technically able, that's mm -hmm. even better mm -hmm. uh, to help people kind of figure out phones and how that's going to pair with their radio in their car and, yeah. and all that stuff. So uh, that welcome team is a big deal, and we could use a lot more of those folks. But remind us again of just the heart of why we do it. Because, I mean, it can, it's turned into tradition. I mean, it's turned it into this is now a Christmas thing in Winchester that our family Thousands has to go to. Go to yeah. And so it's meant to, to provide the community the gospel. And so yeah. give us that heart and that perspective of talking to our own FBC audience here. Yeah. What, what do we need to hear to think about this whole outreach component of it? Yeah, it is the one event that FBC does that provides our community with a portrait of the extraordinary hope we have in Christ. It is that one event. You cannot put your finger on any other thing that does that in our community from FBC. Mm. Uh, so it is our, it is our, uh, it is our Super Bowl when it comes to an event for our community. Uh, so folks who are part of FBC, this is the opportunity to invite those friends and neighbors, people you work mm. with. Those, this is a great simple step, you know, to let them hear the whole story because we start with creation. We go from creation, then we jump forward thousands of mm -hmm, years, mm -hmm. um, you know, up to the birth of Christ and and through uh, through his childhood and up to and quickly to the story of the cross and the final pieces of the gospel and how they can, you know, take, take that step of faith and trusting in him. So it's a simple easy invitation for people and we'll have tools out starting actually this week uh little business card size invitations uh posters yard signs you name it tools for people to invite mm. and to be invitational and the outreach component in my mind for these two years is even greater because everyone's in their cars yeah it's a little more challenging to have the follow-up it's really hard at to do the follow. end of the event where mm -hmm. we had in the cookie tent. So I, I really would suggest that when you do invite somebody that there is that follow-up component yeah. that is the one-on-one, -on -one, the relational component because people are driving in and they're driving out and they're gone. Yeah. So, so the outreach or at least the follow-up component comes down to each one of us. It does. If we're inviting somebody, yeah. how are we going to be able to allow them to react to us? Yeah whether it's going out to coffee or maybe to church the next day or dessert or whatever it might be. But yeah. And even if it's people that you meet, you know, in the community and they, mm -hmm. and they say, Oh, I went to that follow a star thing. It was really kind of cool. And, you know, ask them. So what was your favorite scene? Mm -hmm. You know, and that, that will, you know, th that's a, an easy question to ask. They're going to have an answer, mm -hmm. you know, that's easy for them to answer. And then ask them. So why, why was that your favorite scene? You know, it's, it's an ongoing conversation mm -hmm. and that may open doors, you know, to explain the gospel, uh, as simple as it is. Mm -hmm. Or if they're like, well, you know, I, I've got a lot of questions. We've got a lot of answers on the website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can always point them back to that. Yeah. You don't have to know everything. No, right? <laughs> you don't. It's a good thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mark, what can we, uh, so that's December 4th and 5th, 4th and 5th. from 5 to 9 PM. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What else can we point people towards before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, this past weekend we brought up this idea of bless your neighbor, mm -hmm. kind of falling in line with overflow, falling in line with the sermon series. That what? How how cool would it be that if five hundred FBCers were walking around their neighborhood and 
helping out a neighbor in some capacity and all happen at the same time. We want neighbors saying, I was already just blessed. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, So it's not necessarily a big event, but it's something that, you know, what can God do from me personally to go bless a neighbor Mm. and to to overflow it, whether it's to encourage them or to pray for them or to care for them or to show hospitality to them, any of those one another's out there. How can we exude the one another's? And can we do that on a Saturday this week on the 13th? And you know what? It doesn't end there. Yeah. <laughs> it can continue one and done, but yeah, but again, maybe, maybe just be a kickoff. Maybe yeah. it can be yeah. a kickoff. Maybe yeah. it's just that small little kick in the butt to go out mm-hmm. there and say, "Oh yeah, I need to get I out of my shell. This. I can do this." Yeah. You know, so let's have that call to action to maybe then overflow into talking about Father mm-hmm. Star, and then maybe into the Christmas season, and then they'll maybe it just building those relationships and doing something on this Saturday. So that's that's immediate. That's good action step to take mm-hmm. this Saturday. Find somebody, go mm-hmm. bless them. Awesome. Scott, thank you for being here, man. It's my pleasure. Your blessing. Mark, yeah. happy, love you, buddy. Happy to uh, be here. As a reminder, you can find us, Sermon Spotlight, all over the place, pop right up on podcast services. You can leave a feedback review, all that. All the church info you can find at fbcva.org. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. 